Welcome to the Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Podcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada. On this gorgeous, it is Tuesday, June 21st, 2022. Coming right up, it is the Book of Psalms, Chapter 84. Don't you dare miss it. We're talking about the tabernacle in the here and now. We're talking about the many-membered body, and we're talking about how we are supposed to assemble ourselves. There's a call to action here for you in the here and now. But please first consider your part in the many-membered body of Christ. Get a hold of the Companion Chapel today at companionchapel at gmail.com. Now, please turn with me in your Bibles to Psalms chapter 84 and verse 1. How amicable, that's beloved, are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. Now, first off, what are God's tabernacles? Remember that God replaced his material presence, and we have the underlying realities. Okay, so God used to present himself with material attributes like the Ark of the Covenant, the Angel of the Lord Gabriel Michael, a pillar of light during the Exodus, or a direct tangible interference with the heathen, but he had his tabernacle with a material presence. Those things have been replaced because after the Lord Jesus Christ fulfilled the crowning point of the salvation prophecy, God has no reason to have anything material in his tabernacle except the living word. And as it's written, the mayor from Genesis chapter 1, 14, the first page of your Bible, when you study that word, it goes through the Bible, it runs a thread through the Bible to identify a unique light giver. That is what is in the tabernacle. It's God's word being taught. So this is his beloved tabernacles are where his word is being taught truthfully. And that's the main focus. Remember, in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, the church of Ephesus failed because they left their first love. They turned into a churchy, churchy church, doing churchy stuff with churchy traditions. And God has something against them. So be very careful. Now, how beloved are thy tabernacles? These are the true churches. Okay, so this concerns you. Now my soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh crieth out for the living God. That's what we do when we get the truth into us. We want to get on with the affairs of time here. So the courts, what happens in court? Judgment. God, get on with the judgment. Hosanna, Jesus Christ, please return and let's get on with the eternity. All the evil in the world comes from the human heart and the people that can't let go of it, well, God promotes them to one place or another heaven or hell. There's no in-between, there's no limbo, there's no purgatory. Three, yea, the sparrow hath found a house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young. Even so, I have found thy altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. There's a great shout-out to what is in the actual sanctuary, the tabernacle that has to be your church, which is your heart, which in your heart. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee. Selah. Why is this such an important verse? Because if you're praising God, that's because you're getting to know God, a working knowledge of the Bible. Your pastor or preacher isn't standing there using the Bible as a random book of quotes, handing out countless pamphlets and little booklets about the Bible. The only way to get to know the Lord Jesus Christ is through the living word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He's your teacher, your master, your rabbi, your wonderful counselor. You can't romanticize who you think God is and just stand there. Praise the Lord, just love Jesus. Well, that's all nice and churchy church and all, but get a working knowledge of the Bible, and you have to support a church that teaches the Bible. Selah. Blessed. 
This is thought link. Blessed, that means happy, is the man whose strength is in thee, whose strength is in God. That's one of the seven spirits of God. As your churchy church told you this, yeah, the book of Isaiah tells us the seven spirits of God, the Holy Spirit. That's his intellect. That's his reactive attitude that motivates all action, the intellect of the soul, your spirit. The Holy Spirit, it's God's character, His personality. The Lord Jesus Christ carries that, and He will allow it into our hearts. The spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge, and strength. And the spirit of reverence. We're allowed to ask for the first six spirits. Man, we're the number of man. Six, the seventh spirit belongs to God Himself. The spirit of reverence. Therefore, you never refer to another human being as reverend. Because it's one of the sacred seven spirits of God. That's where we find our strength. In the one of the seven spirits of God. In whose heart are the ways of them. Who's them? That's us getting together. The many-membered body. Now watch this. Verse 6 and 7 are just such a brutal translation. Well, verse 6 is. So I'm going to read it. And it's very difficult how this is translated not even close to what it says in the manuscripts, but I'll read it first in English. Who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well, the rain also filleth the pools. Okay, there's nothing about that verse in the English that makes any sense. So let's go back to the manuscripts. Okay, Baca means valley of lamentation. That's us passing through the ways and things of the world right now. We have no choice. We've been reduced and restricted to pass born once, innocent of woman, Pass through the matrix once, reduced and restricted into these flesh bodies, so that we can come to terms with what is inside of us. We look at the evil, we spirit, we we walk amongst the evil, and we make a free will choice. Am I going to engage in it, or am I going to disengage in it? Am I going to conform to the ways and things of the world, or as the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, to do not conform to the ways and things of the world? It starts in your heart, to your thoughts, intents, actions. That's the 666. Be very careful what number that you are carrying with you. Now, we're passing through the Valley of Lamentation and make it a well. This means fountains of delight, and I will document that in the same psalm, or the same psalmist wrote in Psalm chapter 87.7. So we walk through the Valley of Lamentation, but we can make it a valley or a fountain of delight, the rain also filleth the pools. Now, rain here doesn't mean raindrops. It actually means in the in from the lexicons, your early teacher, your initial teacher, likened to the early rain, covereth with blessings. Remember Deuteronomy chapter thirty-two: My doctrine shall drop as the rain. And this word pool is there's no reason the translators should have put the word pool here. It's the word barak or baraka, and 61 times it's translated blessing. Exactly what it means. And here for no reason they put pools, so it makes no sense. Like, So I'll just read this. The rain, that means the early rain covers with blessings when you first become a Christian and you're walking through that valley of lamentation, this planet Earth right now in the flesh body. We can also fill it with blessings. That's the word pools there. That's our way out. Uh, they go from strength to strength. Okay, strength to strength. Who? Them. Who? 
Blessed the man whose strength is in God. So Isaiah chapter 45, this is us who goes from strength to strength. We are them. We are mankind who find our strength in thee. We are the overcomers. We, us, of the many-member body, are to assemble ourselves together. Isaiah chapter 45. That's how we find our strength. Uh, let's see if there's anything else in here. Okay, so... The valley of Baca, or lamentation, becomes the valley of blessings, okay? When they, that's us, don't stray from the strength of the Lord. Now, let's, let's, let's use the Bible here. Let's go to Jesus Christ said, John the Baptist is the greatest prophet of all time, okay? And John the Baptist hardly said anything. So we have to hang off every word that he said. So go to Luke chapter 3. And when it says, prepare ye the way of the Lord... Make his path straight. Okay, now be very careful with this. We don't make the path. We follow. Okay, so how do you make a path straight? Stay on the Jesus Christ path and prepare yourself. Christ knows the way. For example, okay, let's just make it easy. Something, you know, paint a picture in your mind here. If you're at the companion chapel here, you look out by the back window, which I'm looking out right now. There's a hay field. So if I was to walk Let's say Jesus Christ walked out the back door of the companion chapel here and walked down to the forest where the river runs through, this giant river called the Sogging River. But it's a quarter mile through a hayfield. So Jesus Christ knows how to walk straight. That's his path. He made the path. How do you make the path straight? By staying on the path. If you veer off the path of the Lord Jesus Christ and you look out back and you see the hayfield, the path's not straight anymore. Make the path straight. That's your call to action. Jesus Christ is the way. He is the light. He is that unique light giver. His way is the truth, the certainties, the, the realities of the certainties written in the councils of eternity. He is the truth, and that is the great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. You make his path straight. You prepare yourself Jesus Christ knows the path. He made it for you. Don't make it crooked. When you look out in the back here from the Companion Chapel, if people aren't walking on the path of the Lord Jesus Christ and they're veering off, it's going to look crooked. Stay on the path. Make it straight. Johnny B. Shout out to Johnny B. from here to try and straighten up this brutal translation in chapter uh, 84 of Psalms, verse 6 and 7. Go from strength to strength. That's us. We strengthen each other, support each other, keep in touch with each other. Be part of the many-membered body. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. That's shit future, but that's what's going to happen. Every knee shall bow. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Just identifying, hey, where the sanctuary is. The sanctuary was in the heart, coming from Adam, the formed salvation ministry, 4005 BC. That's day eight on the first page of your Bible. God formed the salvation ministry through that man Adam and that family lineage all the way through Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, supposed to plant the seeds of truth throughout the world. He was the husbandman, the farmer. He was supposed to rain the truth down. As we know, if you studied the first page of the Bible with me before, God of Jacob, Selah, thought link here. Behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed. There's only one of the anointed, that's Messiah. But let's look at this word shield. Shield is God's provisions in Messiah. He is our shield. Genesis 15.1. Faith's shield. Ephesians 6.16. The shield includes favor. Psalms 
The shield includes salvation. Psalms 18.35. The shield is the truth. Psalms 91.4. And favor includes life. Mercy. Isaiah 60 verse 10. Preservation 86. Psalms 86.2. And security. Psalms 41.11. I can carry on here for a while, but uh, I might lose some people. So let's just... Let's just uh, read this. He is our shield, our buckler. He's our high tower. He is your rock. He is your only stability, your only certainty. In these times where the casualty of these times is the truth. This is a great falling away from the truth. This is called the great apostasy in the Bible. For the days in thy courts is better than a thousand. Because the truth is there outside. The truth. It's better one day. With the truth is better than a thousand days ripping around planet Earth right now, just getting constantly lied to. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. No doubt. I'd rather be a doorman in God's where the truth is, where there's security and stability, where there's honesty and virtue and morals, than to be ripping around in this wicked planet of just deception, of just absolute apostasy. Think about this. It's like big corporations operate with no regard for human rights or Mother Nature's rights in the name of maximization of profit. You want to keep ripping around in these tents of wickedness of these big corporations? They regard humanity as a commodity that is surplus and expendable. All merchandise is made with a planned obsolescence agenda. Everything's made with a planned obsolescence in it. Everything's made to break down and be destroyed to instigate and stimulate the greed and gluttony of this upgrade culture. That's what's the tense of wickedness. That's just one example anyway. Other tense of wickedness are the traditions of men of the churchy churches. It's too bad because this is a great book. If you want to learn it, you should swallow your pride, some of these churches, and, and just say, yeah, yeah, I, I'm behind the pulpit. I'm a pastor. I don't understand this book. Well, it's time to learn it, man. Because that's your only job, one book. But they won't do it. They just, And it's mostly about the church elders that just destroy churches. Tents of wickedness. For the Lord, but we pray for everybody. And we mourn from that for them that are walking in darkness. Like, dude, how nice it would be to have a giant Bible study together. Like from strength to strength, many-membered body were to assemble ourselves together in God's word, not traditions of men that make void the word of God. Like, don't come here and tell me. Oh, I flop on the floor like a fish, and it's that I'm speaking in tongues. Well, you don't understand 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I'll teach it to you, man. That's disorder. That's chaos. That's division. It's nothing to do. There's no way. The Bible doesn't imply that in any remote way. I don't know how these traditions get into into the, these churches, but they just don't want to. They just don't want to learn the Bible. They simply don't want to learn the Bible. They say they do, but they don't have a Bible study. They don't read it. They don't get a teacher in there. They don't want to believe because they don't want to obey. And it's as simple as that. And it's the saddest thing because we're all brothers and sisters in God's eyes. And in my eyes, we're all part of the human family. And God wants all his children back. Let's get out of these flesh bodies and on with the eternity. Tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. There we go. Metaphor for life giver and protector. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. That's a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. That's your inheritance. Do you know how to claim it? 
You have to have a working knowledge of the Bible because the most daunting words in the Bible or the most horrible, mortifying words any human being will ever hear is when we meet the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll meet your maker. Fate won't negotiate no matter how big of a star you think you are. Fate won't negotiate. You will meet your maker and just be mortified to hear these words, depart from me. You never took the time to get to know me. Off to hell you go. There's no in between. There's no lawyers here. You're not going to plead your case. I'm not making concessions. I'm not negotiating with you. You had X amount of time here with the Bible, with Bible teachers. It says they wouldn't be behind the pulpits. They're going to be in places like Johnny B was, in between the cities, in between the towns, like this Companion Chapel homesteading community. I'll teach this whole book for you because I love you. You have to think about it. Getting a work of knowledge of the Bible, it's only one book. Walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed as happy as a man that trusteth in thee. Trust or you won't be trusted. Don't trust in those church elders with their churchy church traditions. Be very careful. I want to thank you very much for listening. Have yourself the greatest day. Listen, your call to action is in the here and now. These times are getting crazy. If you look at the economic forum, go to their website, go to Forbes magazine, watch some of the articles they're writing about. There's big plans for the population of planet Earth. And God said he will give you a place of safety. The Companion Chapel homesteading community is in the here and now. Be the first ones out here. Number 338, side road 28-29, Paisley, Ontario, Canada. It's your call to action. Get involved today. Be somebody. Companionchapel at gmail.com. I want to thank you very much for listening. Have yourself the greatest day and bye for now.